Everybody, the plague can't stop us. It's game off 28. This week we got what you playing segment. Uh, we got a fireside chat, and finally we got a showcase of the week featuring Murder by Numbers and Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I'm your co-host Brent, aka Arcadia, along with Andrew. No, aka I, I, I don't use Twitter anymore. <laughs> oh. I saw you post something uh, harassing some customer service people. Is that? Is that... Yeah. It's, okay. So yeah, if if you're looking to see me harass um, Wish.com's customer service department, <laughs> then it's at Solitalker on Twitter. Yes. You you won't regret that, Ed. Trust me. <laughs> um, quick update on the show. This week we're going to be doing separate tables. So last week we just had one big table and we ranked all the games. This week we're going to have a, a Brent table and an Andy table. So that we can just do our top eight and pit them off at the end of the year. Or maybe even more, depending on how many games we play this year. I, I, I think I think it'll make it a lot easier to uh, to visualize in your heads where, where everything lands. It'll be yeah. a lot more exciting as we're putting uh, two number twos this week. Or number ones, yeah. you know, who knows? Yeah. Well, I'll definitely be putting up a number one this week. Spoiler! Oh, oh. Watch, watch the last episode, because the game oh, I right. played went from... <laughs> Went from no list to number two, and there wasn't even a number one yet. Um, but yeah, check that episode out. Um, yeah, so, uh, hey, Andy, what you been playing? You know, I started playing that Rainbow Six Siege again. Oh, that's... Remember that one? That's still, still pretty popular that's still here. happening, yeah. It's it's shocking. I, I bought that on, on launch way back five years ago, I think it was, mm-hmm. and had a lot of fun with it, despite a lot of balancing issues uh if you were playing against bots or you weren't playing with a full squad which obviously no multiplayer game gives a shit about <laughs> no, the developers never care if you're having fun playing against bots or if it's well balanced so uh you know that was just me yelling into the wind back five years ago and yeah. uh, it's, it's gotten a lot better since then they've added a ton more operators they've added a ton more maps uh it's just it, it's a the, is, is that the five... just of what they add to the, that game? Is just like more app operators, more maps, or I, I believe so. They they've done some like temporary game modes. Like the reason I got back into it was last weekend. They essentially added um, man with the golden gun mode from uh, or it's like not less that more like insta gib from Unreal Tournament, but with a golden deagle. Everyone on the map has a single-shot Golden Deagle that does one-hit kill. Okay. And so, you know, it was just like we were actually talking last week about that idea of mutators and, um, you know, the f- more creative multiplayer modes. And yeah. this was, you know, playing a kind uh, a tactical kind of quick-paced game like Rainbow Six Siege, but with one-hit kills on a Golden Pistol was kind of fun. That sounds pretty fun. I've, it, I've never it, played the game at all, so I have no concept of how different that is from the core experience, but... It's... I mean, there's a bit of tactics to it. You're either doing a kind of um, CT versus terrorist, just kind of hunting each other down, or defending a spot where bombs have been planted long enough so that they detonate, or trying to rescue a hostage. Uh, just kind of imagine, like, Counter-Strike if it was more. If like, it was more. If there were more weapons, if the environment was a little bit more reactive, like you can shoot through or breach through walls, you can shoot through or knock holes in walls to just kind of get a, a view hmm. into a room and fire through there. There's a lot of rappelling down buildings. It's it's like CSGO, but with more. Great. You know, 
I'm sure purists of either one of those games would hate that comparison. <laughs> how how does it compare to the old uh, Rainbow Six games? Oh, I mean, I, I used to play a lot of uh, Rainbow Six Three and Rainbow Six Vegas One and Two, mm. and it is probably similar, most similar to Rainbow Six Vegas. It, almost imagine Rainbow Six Vegas if you took away the cover mechanics. Okay. So that same kind of like speed and the amount of damage you're taking versus you're doing. Yeah. But, you know, without the cover mechanics, completely first person and very much all these operators with, I'm sure, you know, initially they were semi-realistic specials, but they're now, you know, you can't be seen by cameras because of some weird wrist gadget you have level (laughs) bordering on sci-fi. What was that that uh, Ghost Recon game that took place in the near future? Uh, Advanced Warfighter. Was that it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that one. It's stuff out of that where it's like it's a drone. It's essentially yeah, yeah. magic, but we could we could describe it with technology, kind of. <laughs> no, that's it's still a very vibrant you know game, and if you if you played it back then, you know, five years ago, and enjoyed it, the 40 bucks it takes to, I think it's $40 to get every, all five seasons that have come out since then of content. Sounds like pretty good value. Yeah, it's essentially like you're buying, it feels like you're buying a sequel to the game with just the amount of yeah. new stuff that's there. Yeah, so, yeah. Ubisoft is starting to, I hope, learn from some of their mistakes. You know, I, I thought that too, but then when I closed out of the game, it asked me if I was interested in checking out the video for the latest Division 2 DLC. And as oh right yeah 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 shameless yeah <laughs> it's hits and misses hits and yeah. misses with, with Ubisoft there <laughs> but if, if you're if you're out there you played Rainbow Six Siege thought about getting back into it because you saw some interesting videos or gifs on Reddit it's worth it it's still a good game well, two steps forward one step back that's yeah not, that's still progress right yeah yeah how about you what have you been playing <laughs> uh, I finally got around to playing Near Automata. Uh, game that came out a couple years ago and has been very highly rated on almost everyone's list and i just never got around to playing it i've heard nothing but good things about that game it's so to truly beat the game you need to go through three playthroughs um and i'm about three quarters of the way through my second playthrough and my god this game is so good it's so fun there's no there's no other game like it that i can think of because you have almost like bullet hell mechanics in a game that's also like a uh, very much a platinum games action slasher um, with all sorts of like RPG mechanics, like very unique ones too. Like you have a chipset and you have to fill it up with different skills, and those skills uh, can also be like UI elements. So if you're just like, I don't need to see my health bar, I'm gonna free up like five CPU. Uh, you can do that and then put in like more attack or something. Oh, like, that's an interesting idea. It's very cool. It, like so much of this game is thinking outside the box. There's technically 26 different endings, I believe. Um, most <laughs> oh, okay. of them, are, most of them are considered bad endings. So like you can eat a fish and just die, and then that's considered one of the endings. So technically, I have five different endings completed, um, but only one playthrough. So okay, it's it's a lot of fun. It's uh, really difficult to truly explain. I'd say watch a video and then like just 
try and find something that really shows you how like charming and quirky the game is without being like annoyingly quirky like it's just like it's just so out of the box that's the only way i could describe it it's very impressive experience now do you think that you will play it to get other endings other than the ones that you've kind of come across this run through oh yeah yeah, yeah. i'm i think i'm gonna go for 100 percent in this game um depending on when persona 5 royal arrives at my door <laughs> if if persona 5 arrives and i'm only like a third of the way through like there's no way i'm gonna do it but i think it's coming late which may buy me some time to do all of it though i think it only takes like 40 hours so don't be completely intimidated by the the that 26 endings number that's not um, too bad 40 40 hours is not too bad for a game like that yeah yeah you're your like side quest progress um for the most part follows you through your playthroughs so if you putz around and do a bunch of shit in the first playthrough, uh, you don't have to worry about like redoing that if you want to get more XP and like get your weapons back because everything carries over, all your items and everything. Okay, so so yeah, it's it's kind of more like a like a new game plus ish thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but it's completely different experience. So you play as a different character on your second playthrough, even mm -hmm. though it's the same game. And apparently, the third playthrough is actually uh like beyond what happens in the first two playthroughs but i don't know how that plays out yet uh there's a lot of the map i haven't seen in my first two playthroughs so that may very well be like a whole second part of the game that i just haven't seen yet now because i what that, the fact that there's multiple playthroughs that lead to multiple endings was something that i heard about in most reviews with the game is it obvious that you need to play it through multiple times to get everything uh, absolutely not. I think I was very satisfied <laughs> with the ending for the A route, which is just you play it through that first time. Um, but I loved the game so much that I just immediately started a second playthrough, and I found out just how different like the second playthrough is, even though it's the same series of events. Mm -hmm. um, especially since you play as a different hero who has completely different skill set. Um, so instead of even having like a, a light attack and a heavy attack, you have only a light attack, but you suddenly have hacking powers. So it just changes the entire game. Um, but the, you and this other character are on the quest together, you just like, it'll branch off at certain points. So mm -hmm. you'll just experience completely different things. I like the, um, I like what you said earlier about kind of slotting in and out stuff and freeing up memory. That's an interesting mechanic. Yeah, I ended up taking off like my XP bar and like the thing that tells me when my uh, my range skill is off cooldown, like a bunch of stuff, so that I could free up a, just like a little bit more, so I can get like thirty percent extra health and stuff like that. Because like the big things cost more of your CPU, um, so you have to make sacrifices later on. Like you only have like one hundred and twenty-eight. Uh, CPU points, however you want to, whatever you want to call it. So you have to be pretty fucking judicious with them. You ever play Tron 2.0? Uh, no. Okay, we're going back. Oh, 17 years? Uh, my day. <laughs> Tron 2.0 had a similar mechanic. Uh, it takes place in Tron World, and you are a Tron thing in the Tron game. <laughs> Tron boy. I don't want to. I don't want to get too deep into lore here. <laughs> fair, fair. 
but you you equipped abilities and devices and they took up a certain amount of memory in your brain and you could you'd have to like rearrange things in your brain to fit things better and you could defrag the processes running in your brain to make them run better or people would attack you and certain things like your ability to heal or your ability to target things would become infected with viruses that you had to manually do virus scans on Mm, that's very cool it was way ahead of its time there was a really cool idea and you could get like you'd have you know a weapon and you get the next version up of that weapon but it took up more space in your brain and, and it required more power so there were times where it might make sense to not upgrade yeah because you were just you you were already running at a very thin margin um i didn't mean to completely co-op your discussion to bring up something that's 20 years old <laughs> again no it's it is like a kind of similar mechanic because you do have to manage where it is, but it's completely vertical, so it's not that hard. Okay. And you can optimize it so that it basically, you know, defrags it and squishes it all together, so you can just plop things on the bottom of the stack. Okay. So okay. yeah, it's more streamlined version. Not so not not not, too... not as advanced as Tron two point You're saying yeah, still, I guess still not. Cool. <laughs> no 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 antivirus scans and shit like that. If I just started installing that now, would that screw with? Or, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll wait till later. I'll wait till later. <laughs> for, the, for the best. <laughs> it's also should note uh, Nier's going to be on Game Pass in some shape or form. I assume that's console, but it may also be PC. Um, so it'll be fucking free by the time this podcast goes up, or quote unquote free. So fucking like, that, just check it out, please. That might be the time where I finally get around to playing it. If, if I'm done with Power Rangers Battle for the Grid by then. <laughs> does one actually beat Power Rangers because I think that's just a lifestyle you're living now oh god I hope I hope <laughs> fingers crossed oh alright uh, fireside chat time yeah let's do it alright grab your pipe uh... Andy Andy mm-hmm. Andy mm-hmm. 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 Brent. Andy 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 how have you been keeping yourself sane or have you already forgotten how to speak to humans during this oh, time of pandemic crisis. I've never really known how to speak to humans, per <laughs> se. I've, I've known how to speak at humans, around humans, you know, in the general direction and vicinity of, but never never in, in a kind of back-and-forth way. Um, <laughs> never yeah. forming true connections with people. No, 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 because it makes it more difficult to choose the bad dialogue options when you do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just you see someone like Atten Rand, and you just feel bad treating him badly. You want you want to do the best for for Atten Rand. God, but it, uh, this so, actually reminds me a lot of Near again, because uh, <laughs> a lot of the game is about robots coming off the network and sort of becoming uh, uh, autonomous. Mm-hmm. So so a lot of them play into that. Just like, I, I, how do I deal with other? machines i don't know what they're thinking i can't read between the lines i'm like oh same buddy fucking same (laughs) (laughs) you know we've uh here we've because we have a chillin it makes it you know it fills up a lot of the day Hmm. and because I, i i'm not on furlough or anything i'm still working that fills up a good portion of the day as well that helps a lot uh in the in the evening though you know i've been playing a lot of stardew valley uh, doing um, handcrafts like cross stitching, watching reruns of Reba, um, baking bread. I made some, I made some crackers today. 
I made some like they're like oyster crackers, but they're kind of herby. Like if you imagine like an oyster cracker oh. with herbs worked into it, they're really really pleasant. Uh, obviously, not, I'm not going to. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, that, uh, I'm not going to be watching any Reba tonight because I'm recording with you here. But um, so, sorry about that. Yeah, no, it's okay. I know how it's much okay. you value your Reba time. <laughs> you know, there's there's going to be a person listening to this that's going to think some of the things he said are jokes and not what really <laughs> happened, and they're going to be sorely mistaken. <laughs> no human lives like this. They can't. <laughs> they they can't. I'm I'm fairly certain I've heard him describe himself, you know, as not being a 65 year old widow, and <laughs> so he couldn't possibly be doing all those things. But no, no, that's that's about it. We we did, we've done a good amount of cooking. Um, occasionally I'll, I'll just go down and take a look at our our inventory, our stores of food, and and just make sure that it's all still there. <laughs> From in case the banditos are breaking in your uh, yeah cellar doors, you know. Once, once you go into sleep, it just kind of fades to black and fades out, and then you get a prompt of everything that happened while you were out. And, you know, some stuff could go bad due to spoilage. People could rob you in the middle of the night. You do live in a dangerous area. I live in a very dangerous, dangerous part of the country. <laughs> nope. Should have built that fucking moat, man. Should have <laughs> built the moat. Yeah, our homeowners association turned us down for that, and uh, yeah, <sighs> they're clearly more powerful than I'll ever be. <laughs> Now, they're the ones running this country. <laughs> what about you? What have you been doing to keep sane? Uh, I've definitely been playing more video games than ever. I don't know if that's keeping me sane or not. You ever play video games for like 10 hours straight and then try and talk to people and just like fails? It's like you get like a hard game over and you're like, I'm going to go away now. <laughs> you know, that's I how remember, I feel most days. I remember, I remember a friend of mine from must have been back in seventh grade i just introduced him to the first xcom and he and i were playing xcom uh at his house for probably eight hours straight and he got up and he walked to the door and then he stood there because in his mind he had run out of action points and his turn was over (laughs) and there was a it was about 30 seconds of him standing there and then him laughing hysterically as he realized no i'm a human in the real world i (laughs) I can just interact with the world at whatever speed I wish. <laughs> his, his calorie points should have been more than enough to get him to the bathroom. You would have, you would have thought, but you know how you know how it goes with those kind of ten hour game sessions. You you forget about food. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so yeah, I hundred percent understand where you're coming from there. Yeah, yeah, and I'll I'll start worrying when I just start barking at people in retort. But until that day comes, I'll just continue drooling and mouthing words at him. Well, then, then you can just start doing, you know, getting back into your DMX cover band work. <laughs> yeah, just the hype man for DMX. Yeah. That was, that was a job I remember fondly. <laughs> arr, arr, arr. Where the hood at? All right. Uh, <laughs> showcase time. Have you, have you listened to the lyrics of that song? It's like the worst possible song. I, no. What a, go on. <laughs> no, and anyone who, because Where the Hood at has a lot of great energy, you know. It's a very yeah. like let's get going, let's do this kind Did of he song. Misplace the hood though. No, like the first two or three verses are just some of the most homophobic shit you've ever oh. heard. It's oh, horrible. I I never really listened to it outside of the chorus for quite some time, and then I finally looked. At it, I was like, wait, did he just in read through like, oh, this is the this is the worst possible thing. Oh, so no. yeah, take that oh. off your hype mix. 
Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'll look. I'll look it up later, just so I can bleach my eyes. Yeah, just just so you can know that the true depths of depravity that is DMX. <laughs> it's it's a mystery why he's not around anymore. <laughs> he did that that uh, performance of Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer on uh, some radio show a couple years ago. That oh was... God! Yeah, I heard that on the radio a few times since then. Yeah, it, it, they they really liked playing that one. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. Well, yeah, can't win them all, DMX or any of them. You, you want to tell us about Ori and the, and the Will of the Wisps? What? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, showcase Ori and the Will of the Wisps. So, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, second game in the Ori franchise. Um, in the first game, you are running around a blind forest um, in a 2D setting. Absolutely beautiful. And uh, Will of the Wisps takes place in a different place, but very much the same art style. It's like almost... It's almost cartoony, but it's so like shaded perfectly. It's it's very otherworldly and like glossy and dreamy at all points in time. Um, Style-wise, the game nails just about like everything it's going for. I I couldn't find anything wrong with how they designed this game. Um, but Ori is basically this little uh, light uh, spirit. Um, so he has a family now after the first one, not, not from breeding. Don't worry. He didn't, he didn't bone down. (laughs) He, uh, just sort of him and his Island of Misfit Toys family. Um, they're having, having a little thing with their new, new owl buddy and him and the owl buddy learn how to fly or he learns how to fly on his owl buddy's back and they go off to this new land where the sadness starts happening because nothing good happens after that. (laughs) Uh, so it's it's a very fucking sad game but i won't spoil anything um but yeah it's it's a 2d platformer first and foremost it also has some metroidvania mechanics i wouldn't go as far as to call it a metroidvania it's very much a platformer a fast-paced punishing platformer oftentimes frustrating um and it has it, it really does nail the platforming aspect um it's Basically, you're jumping around, dashing around, leaping through the air, like two, two, three, four jumps, dashing, fucking climbing on walls and shit. It's truly an adrenaline rush, like moving around in this game, but it has a lot more problems uh, than Ooh. just the fact that <laughs> it's, it is uh, like a more frustrating experience. Um, than the first one? Well... Yes and no. Um, this when I got to play this game, which was like pretty much right after release, it's still pretty buggy, and uh, a lot of the times I died were from like fairly frustrating reasons. Some of them were actual like platforming related mistakes, and then sometimes it was like, oh, what the fuck? Like, how was I supposed to do that? Like, um, I found the bosses either like perfectly designed or maddeningly frustrating because they're all so big and if you touch their bodies you're taking damage so Ah, you have to like somehow find perfect space between you and the boss but your attacks like bring you closer to the boss um stuff like that was frustrating but yeah overall that's that's the general ori experience the the metroidvania mechanics are basically like 
find find new abilities that let you go through new places, but they're almost all story related, so I can't even really consider that like Metroidvania style. It's Okay. It is in that it's 2D and that you can't go to some places until you get an ability. And you can also increase your life and stuff. Okay. <laughs> Questions for me? Okay, I didn't want to cut in until you're ready. Uh, you're ready for me to cut in with my my, my biting questions. Is this is this game about people coming to terms with things? Um, not so. I didn't. Full disclosure: I didn't completely beat the game. I'm well over halfway though, so I I would say no because the first one's very much about your dead friend who dies in the first like minute of the game. Mm-hmm. And the the whole overtone is sad, but like this one starts off very different. It's like you and like three other members of your quote unquote family, and like when you, when Ori and your your owl buddy go missing, the other two are like distraught and like they go out looking for them. Um, so it's not it's not really about grief. Um, it's just seems to be more of a more more traditional story like adventure story is the story a big part of the experience uh no no it just it it hits some emotional uh tones uh, every once in a while but it's literally like i said like uh you're missing somebody you find that person other stuff happens yada Mm -hmm. yada yada no spoilers Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. it's it's just to sort of drive keep you in this world basically it really doesn't have anything to do with the gameplay okay uh you made it you made a pretty interesting distinction there that it, that you didn't really consider it a metroidvania why is that i think that most of the game is platforming i'd say that the metroidvania parts of it are basically the exploration parts um which aren't really that bountiful um there really isn't that much to explore most of the map is just straightforward like you go here you go inside this place do the thing you can miss out on a lot of like the the money in the game which is like light or whatever but and you can definitely miss out on some like life bubbles i think by at the time i was at you i had 10 life bubbles and it's not like a zelda game where you get one every time you beat a boss if I didn't go looking for him, I would be probably still be at three. Um, oh, okay, that's harsh. So, yeah, so like you can be, you can definitely be rewarded for exploration, but it's it's not, it's not so much like you go and find find a thing that's hidden, and then you can do other things that are also hidden. It's like if you go slightly off the beaten path with most of the abilities that you have, like you should find everything you're looking for. Okay. Is it most of the challenge again comes from platforming? Is it open? Like, is it like in a Metroidvania? Are you running around a lot, backtracking, exploring organically, or is it more linear? Oh, it's it's definitely open. Um, It you you backtrack a little bit, not a whole lot. Um, You do have warping available in the game. I don't think that has any bearing on whether it's a, a Metroidvania or not, but. You, you can move around the map pretty pretty quickly. You don't really have to go back for anything other than in a couple 
cases early on before you unlock warping. But yeah, you can play it pretty much entirely linearly. Oh, okay. Alright, so yeah, that, do that doesn't sound a hell of a lot like a Metroidvania then. Yeah, and like it's, maybe that's different later on, like maybe the map changes like a, a lot, like right towards the end of the game or something like that, and suddenly there's a lot more stuff. But pretty much, uh, you look at the map, you'd see, oh, like that area is dark. It's not like... Um, some of them where you see like a clear like blue gate or a purple gate and it's like oh i need to wait to get to the the purple ability before i can go there right it'll just be like grayed out and you won't be able to tell why the fuck you can't get through those places and you'll be like and then you'll go back and you'll be like oh i couldn't get through here because there's like a stone wall here i thank thanks map <laughs> can help me out a little bit here um in those in those situations it felt more like a metroidvania does it feel like i should play the first one should I, should I play the first one to know what's going on in this game? No, no, it's... They don't really tell you anything or allude to anything from the first one. If you started this game, you'd be like, oh, it's it's four cute bros, and they're doing their, their bro things, and then stuff happens. Like You don't even realize that the, the owl bro is actually related to the first game because it doesn't matter at all. Um, so I, I would say just... Just play this one, or play the first one. They're they're both pretty fucking good games. I do like cute bros. Ori Ori's fucking adorable. Um, every every time he's shouting for his bro, he's just like, Ooh, and you're like, oh, that breaks my heart. <laughs> How's the combat? Uh, combat's pretty good. Um, you can sort of pick and mix your ability set and change the abilities you have keyed up on the fly. Um, I played it on Xbox, so I assume it handles similar t on PC, but you only have three abilities bound at any time, which kind of it, it kind of sucks. Um, but you can swap them out pretty quickly uh, by holding down the left trigger and then rebinding them. So props there, I guess, but also there probably should just be more bindings because I had never ended up using like three or four of the abilities because I couldn't find any practical use for them. Maybe that'll come up a little later, or have you basically seen everything well, that there is to see for abilities yeah the skills the skills that i bought are, or didn't buy at all like they just didn't seem practical and the ones that i did buy and invest in i just never found a use for because you pretty much always need like the same three abilities bound so you get into this lazy habit of just being like oh i can make do with these three so i don't have to rebind every two seconds i okay i get what you mean yeah that that is kind of a problem in games with swappable bindable skills yeah yeah i'd rather just have like a, a modifier with like five more bindings behind it or something like that how how long would you say the game is probably no more than 20 hours i think i think i put in like 12 to 15 somewhere in that range and uh as far as i could tell on the map i was pretty much wrapping up the game okay um so I'm sure, like, I could probably undershooting that. There's probably like a long ending sequence or something. But yeah, it's it's a pretty hardy game for a shorter experience. It's a thirty dollar game if you're buying it outright. Obviously, it's on Game Pass because it's a Microsoft game. But we're not being yeah, sponsored no, by Game Pass, right? Because we just we we do bring it up a lot, and I wanna I wanna yeah. state that we are not in any way. Yeah, I know. We have to put that disclosure in, like, any time we talk about Game Pass, because we're both like, oh my god, game playing this Game Pass game. It's just... It's just, uh... Yeah. It's a good, good service. Value, I guess. Yeah, it's yeah. a good value. <laughs> it's a good, yeah. good, valuable service that we uh, make a lot of use of. 
Please sponsor yeah. us. <laughs> Please, oh God. Um, yeah, no, um, but yeah. Is it is it like a rush out and play? I've had a couple of people who've been bugging me to check it out, and I'll be honest, I, did, no. I didn't play the previous one because... I don't know. I, I, th- there was just something looking at it, and I was like, that just seems like a lot of thing. And the games I play have less yeah. thing. <laughs> if that makes it, sense. It can definitely be emotionally taxing, if that's what you mean. I think I think that's kind of what I mean. Yeah, it's definitely that type of experience where you like sort of feel sad, and then the music plays into it, and the music doesn't stop, and then you feel sad for a while, and then you're like, God damn it, game, why you make me do this? Um, but then, then you also get like an ad- adrenaline rush cause you're like literally clearing like half a mile wall in the air and you're like, oh damn, this is pretty tight movement. So I guess it's a balancing act, but to answer your question, I don't think you need to rush out and play it. I don't think I'd say never play it though. Uh, give it a shot. It's not that long. It's it can be frustrating. I think that's the thing you need to gear up more for than the, the emotional part of it. Um, because by the time you get like halfway through the game, like the bosses are suddenly like bullshit hard. (laughs) And so the frustration is just coming from the bosses. Um, platforming was mostly it, but I had a lot of frustration with the bosses. There's some like, there's some like challenge platforming. That's just like crazy difficult because you're leaping through like, it's, it, it basically becomes Super Meat Boy when it needs to, and you're like, oh, okay. Like, it, it can do that. Like, it resets very quickly, so it doesn't... Like, it's definitely not the game itself that's making it frustrating. It's just that, like, sometimes you're, you know, fighting one or two enemies at a time, and you're like, oh, this is, this is a tight experience. Like, I'm enjoying combat. And then suddenly it's like, okay, now I need to clear, like, five miles while being chased by this giant fucking bird demon, and if I fuck up at any point in time, it resets all the way to the beginning, and they're right up your ass the whole time. So, Mm, okay, little things, like, when when you get caught up on, like, a ledge or something, when you're leaping up, they can end up killing you. Like, that's when you're like... Yeah. Okay, I mean, that's a shame, because everything you just described sounds like something I would hate, so... <laughs> yeah, like, did you did oh, you enjoy, ahead. like, Super Meat Boy or No, I, I think Super Meat Boy and Cuphead are bad games, and, um, no, oh. I don't mean that fully, like... That's a take. I get, I got Super Meat Boy, I played, I played probably about eight hours of Super Meat Boy, um, it was not my cup of tea. Uh, Ooh. I, I don't, I don't like games that the challenge comes... I, I, I enjoy a platforming game where the challenge is figuring out how to get there and not yeah. where I can say, oh, okay, I need this, 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 and it's just the execution. Yeah. yeah. Because I, right. I, I get no joy out of out of just, oh, I fucked, oh, I fucked it again and again. And, uh, it's, it, it takes me back to like being a kid trying to beat the Star Road levels in Super Mario World. <laughs> where, like yeah. the first half of it where you're figuring out like oh if I go here then the platform comes out and the other that's really clever and then the second half where it's just precision platforming and I'm like oh I don't I don't like this part anymore <laughs> I, I know what I need to do I'm just not a robot sorry <laughs> I'm a nine year old boy and I'm just trying to sit here and eat my berry berry kicks and oh. have fun game <laughs> thank you well, you know what the internet has to say about that get fucking good yeah I, I know I, just need, I need to get good poser <laughs> 
Um, uh, and, and Cuphead was a similar thing for me. A gorgeous game, very well made, uh, very tight, but just not my style of challenge. Yeah. But no, not not actually a bad you, game. You very will, well game. You will probably not enjoy Ori and the Will of the Wisps. So if you're like Andrew, it, this game may not be for you. But hmm. for most other people, I'd say <laughs> That's, put it, no, th- put it on that, easy and enjoy the game. If you're like Andrew, you're not gonna, you might not enjoy this. But for other people, most people, most normal for, people. For everyone else. For people who enjoy fun and whimsy and passion and beautiful things. <laughs> <laughs> and riveting and emotional experiences. Oh, man, yeah, you're right. This doesn't sound like me at all. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, so some last minute shotgun thoughts. Um, some po- some positives to the game. The, the background had some really cool animations that would integrate with the foreground. So sometimes you'd leap on like a giant gear or something, and you'd see like where it was connected all the way in the background, and like the whole thing would move. I was like, I never seen a mechanic design like that. I was like, oh yeah. See, now that that sounds really interesting. Yeah, I may end up having to play this. <laughs> Make up your fucking mind. It's it's tough. Just, I, it's tough. Um, the mobility was definitely the star of the show. It feels so fluid most of the time. Obviously, it falls down when you're getting chased and in like really tense situations. But for the most part, you're gonna enjoy moving around if. The platform if not the platforming um and it sets pretty good pace for abilities although the abilities get sort of redundant um so you get like a dash at one point but you can't use it underwater so then you get a an underwater dash as a separate ability that felt kind of <laughs> kind of lame um but it, it it did open up other parts of the map but those other parts were like basically the immediate area you were in and there was only like one or two other uses for it on the map that so I could tell. So it's not like opening up parts from two hours ago. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think I went back and I found, like, one area that I needed to go through. Or not needed. I, sh- I should go through because it looked like a big missing chunk of the map. And I was like, okay, I should probably use it in there. Check it out. Um, but uh, on the negative side, it was shockingly buggy. Um, really? There, was, there were a ton of frame rate drops i've heard this isn't a problem on pc and mostly an issue with the xbox version um that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist though so i have to note it um it was very frustrating at times because it would also it it crashed a couple times um and i had accidental clipping through walls where i had to find a way to kill myself to reset it because i didn't want to restart the game because i was so far wow i mean it's it's one of those games where you when you start back up, it like brings you back to a checkpoint, not necessarily to the closest ledge you get ah, to. Ah, okay. So yep. if you die, you go to the closest ledge. Is anyway, um, but yeah, the frame rate drops were the most noticeable because they were the most frequent. Um, very early in the game, there was a ton of them, so I was like completely shocked that it made it through fucking QA. I don't know if it was just like a day one patch that completely broke it or what, but. Yeah, it was. Hmm. Uh, I'd say if you are gonna play it, give it a few weeks. Just check to see if it's uh, gotten patched. Then you'll probably enjoy the experience more. Um, like I already mentioned, it's not always super rewarding. I think I enjoy um, the. I, I liked the the abilities were mostly movement based, but I also found myself getting kind of bored with them. Okay, I also fuck this bash ability. You have to. It's another movement-based ability, but it can also be a damage thing where you have to like time time it with an 
a projectile perfectly, and then you can sort of ricochet yourself off the projectile. Okay, um, I, I've played a couple games with stuff like that. Yeah, so they'll use it in like some of the chase scenes, and it's very, very, very frustrating. It's also it was one of the puzzle solving mechanics that you would keep forgetting existed because you it wasn't always clear what you could bash off of. So, like, there's a part that I completely got stuck on, and it's like, oh, you just have to bash off a fish. And I was like, I can fucking bash off a fish? What the fuck? <laughs> I, never, I never learned that. Literally, it, it shows you bash, and it's like, oh, yeah, just, like, you see that projectile? You can ricochet off that. And then you have to learn that you can do that with other things, too. Um, and it didn't feel very organic. And, yeah, if you do decide to play it, I would say play it on easy unless you are very you're sadistic i'm not normal i didn't even play it on hard just because i wanted to get through it for the podcast but on normal it was still pretty fucking frustratingly hard um so and if you've listened to the podcast before you know i usually like harder challenges but not not platforming hard challenges and i did not particularly enjoy even the normal challenge on this game so fair that's not great yeah, it's 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 just a fucking hard game. It's like it's like the the Sekiro of platformers. Wow. Okay. Well, that 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 is a much more nuanced take than a lot of the reviews I've read. Yeah, it's it's pretty fresh in my head. I stopped playing it like yesterday. So, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. That that was my experience. I can't say that I will even go back and beat it. Um, I really just. Every time I got frustrated, I was like, well, at least the game's pretty. And then I kept getting frustrated. I was like, eh, it doesn't matter. I don't want to play this anymore. <laughs> well, that's something at least. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. The game does not uh, give with both hands. That, hmm. Okay. <laughs> it's still going to be up on my list of stuff to check out, but I'm not going to yeah. rush to it like I was originally planning. Yeah, definitely check it out. Don't be surprised if you don't beat it. If you just play like an hour of it, you might you might enjoy the experience. And be like, get, be like, wow, this game is beautiful. I see why people like it, and mm. maybe never play again. That would be nice. That that'd probably be fun. Yeah. All right. Well, All right. That pretty much wraps up uh, the Ori coverage. Shall we move on to Murder by Numbers? So Murder by Numbers was uh, whenever they originally released the video for it. It was one of those games where you look at it and you watch this trailer for it and you think, I think this game was just made directly for me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this was made specifically for me to purchase, and if other people bought it, that was fine too. <laughs> it's a visual novel combined with nonogram-style logic puzzles. Are you familiar with these puzzles? Uh, is it the Picross style? Yes, it is Yeah, most commonly known as Picross. Uh, you may have played the Picross on DS or 3DS or any of the other ones out there. Konami has a really good Picross yeah. game out there, surprisingly, on phones. I don't, um, I don't know if it's a commonly known format, though, so you may want to explain that anyway. What you've got is a grid of numbers, or a empty grid, and the headings for each column, and the... Uh, is it still called the heading if it's on the far left of a row? Uh, you mean like that corner spot? No, just just like everything on the far left of the row, everything to the what would be the heading if it was a column. Yeah, there's probably a proper name for it, but let's go with heading. Yeah, the headings for each column and row tell you how many blocks of filled-in spaces there are, and how long each filled-in space is. So if it's if it's a ten by ten grid, 
you could have a row that has a block of one, and then a block of three, and then another block of one. Uh, and for them to be distinct blocks, they must have at least one empty space in between them. But that doesn't really tell you 100% where those are in that row of 10. So you have to kind of use uh, some deductive tricks, and much like Sudoku, where you learn the tricks to solve Sudoku puzzles, you kind of learn the tricks to solve nonogram puzzles, and you can go through and they end up making these pretty little pictures. Um, sometimes there are ones with different colors. I've seen ones that are uh, triangle-based rather than square-based or other shape-based, but that's the general idea. You've got this empty grid, these headings on the columns and rows, and you use that to draw a picture. Hmm. And it's a fun, fun little... Uh, little game. You also may know them as Griddlers. People out there, I, I've seen them on a, n- a number of different... Yeah, there's a... a Griddlers.net is a, was a really good... I don't know if it's still around. Uh, great site for doing these online back in the days of, like, Java-based games in web. It does not sound like a safe-for-work website. No, it doesn't. It does It, it sounds like it's some sort of weird fetish, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. or like a McDonald's breakfast sandwich. <laughs> I could go for a McGriddler right now. <laughs> always, mate. Fucking always. <laughs> so what this what Murder by Numbers does is that it, it takes this nonogram logic puzzle and it just kind of shoehorns it into a Phoenix Wright visual novel. <laughs> you play as Honor I keep want to say Mizrahi, it's I think it's Mizhari. Honor Mizhari, who is the co star of a TV show called Murder with Miss Terry. And you start off, uh, the, the, show, the game also takes place in LA in 1996, so it has a very 90s aesthetic to it. Which oh, is cool. Yeah, really nice. Re, you know, that, the, the kind of bright uh, blocks and pastels like in the intro to Save by the Bell, that style of 90s design. It's great. And the, the humor Dope. and dialogue and things like that, the things that the objects you interact with are all very 90s as well. There's a lot of cowabungas for some reason. Yeah, that that style of... Uh, you play as Honor, you are recently fired from your job as, uh, you know, as the co-star of this detective show, and you come across a robot named Scout who had been thrown away and has no memory of his past, but is going to help you solve a bunch of mysteries. The first one being uh, that the showrunner of your show that you just got fired from has been murdered. You're a suspect, and you're trying to clear your name and also figure out who murdered the showrunner. Oh, okay. And there are, I think, four or five total cases. I haven't finished all of them. I think I'm, I'm almost done with the third case, and I think there's four total. I could be wrong. The general... If you've ever played one of the Ace Attorney games, it's basically that. Like, as far as the progression through a story, you are in a room, you investigate the room and find individual clues that you can then present to people and get their feedback on. And you'll show Mm -hmm. them things and they'll give you some insight or they'll react in a way that will tell you something about them. Or they'll react in a way that will give you a new location to go to or a new thing to ask people about. It has that great old adventure game style of you know, you go talk to a person and you just run through every possible topic. Yeah. And yeah. It, so you've got eight that are very helpful and 13 that are just, I don't know why you're showing me that. I don't know why you're showing me that. <laughs> <laughs> That's graphic, man. I'm a teenager. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a recurring joke in there with one item that you can show a lot of people that gets those kind of responses. It's very good. <laughs> and where the awesome. nonogram puzzles... Uh, enter in is 
when you are searching the room, you are actually searching the room as Scout, the flying robot. And he has a lot of good dialogue, and he can talk he can talk to people, he can interact with people, but he has trouble recognizing items. And so when he finds something on the ground that he thinks might be a clue, you do a nonogram puzzle to identify the item. And it'll draw a picture of the lipstick <laughs> case or the phone or the clipboard or whatever it is, whatever the piece of the clue that you're uh, finding the ground is. It's pretty funny. I was wondering how they shoehorned that in. <laughs> yeah, and it is, it is ex- like, this game could completely exist without the nonogram puzzles. You could remove them entirely and, and just have this be a visual novel. It'd be a much faster game. Much shorter. Well, yeah, sure. But it would be a, um, you know, it would still work. The, the nonograms really are there just as, you know, it, that's just where they, they enter in, is you find an item, you need to identify what it is, and as you progress through the story uh, and progress through each case, you also unlock bonus puzzles that help Scout unlock his backstory. You're unscrambling his memory. Oh, cool. And so you get four or five of those per case, and you slowly learn the this backstory of who built Scout, why he was why he was thrown away, why his memory was wiped, all that stuff. It's got a great pedigree on it. It was designed by the guy uh, by the writer uh, of Swords of Ditto, Ed Fear. If you ever played that one, that was a great uh, roguelike from oh, when was when did that come out? I want to say not not that long ago. No, two no. year year or two ago. Yeah, twenty eighteen. 2018, nah. and uh, it's got the character designer from uh, How to Full Boyfriend, the the game. Yeah. If you remember that one, that was the one, the dating game with pigeons. Yeah, uh, of course I remember. And it's got the composer whose name I'm going to botch, so I apologize ahead of ahead of time. Masakazu Sugimori, who did the music for Beautiful Joe, the Phoenix Wright series, and Ghost Trick. It's a busy man. Yeah, and uh, if. For did you ever play Phoenix Wright? Uh, nope, oh. not even once. The original one, especially. I mean, they all have great music, but the original one was one of those games where the music is a huge part of a huge part of why it's such a memorable game. And you know, it's just the music written for it and its use of music was so great that um, ha- having him doing music for this as well is great. It fits the, the theme of it very well. He, he's very talented. So that That's it. That's that's uh, Murder by Numbers. I, I really don't have anything bad to say about it. Do you have any questions? Oh, yeah. I got, I got some questions. All right. Let's all see. Right. Why did Sandra Bullock and Ryan Gosling not win Academy Awards for their performances in Murder by Numbers? <laughs> you know, that's a great question. And... Um, I'm going to tell you that it's mostly because no one saw that movie. <laughs> it's still first uh, when you Google Murder by Numbers. <laughs> oh, I know. I watched the trailer for that first before I watched it for this game. You have to type Murder by Numbers game. <laughs> well, <laughs> I couldn't believe that was a movie. And Have you never I, seen it? No. Oh, it's... Uh, not very good. I confuse it a lot with that one with um, with Morgan Freeman. Along came a spider. I don't know why. Yeah, I think it yeah. just I saw them at similar times in my mind, or I think I saw yeah. them at similar times in real life. But I confuse them in my mind. 
I think that one takes itself a bit more seriously. Murder by Numbers just seems like the dorkiest movie I've ever seen. Yeah, it's um came out in 2002 if yeah. that helps paint a picture it's one of those really corny crime movies that weren't sort of of the same era as like i know what you did last summer it was screened at con apparently okay <laughs> well i'm glad we've grown as an industry since then yeah um i guess i should just see it at this point talking all this good shit might as well might as well, we'll yeah. let's we'll get, we'll watch that we'll review it again next week We'll talk a bit about murder by numbers. Murder, murder by numbers off. Do, does how does it make you feel when people say pie cross and not pick cross? <laughs> you know, because I saw this in a video and I got very angry myself. I've always, I've always known it as as pick cross or griddler or nonogram or that Japanese puzzle where you make pictures with numbers. <laughs> Which well, because uh, conjunction of picture and cross, right? That would be my that would be my understanding. Yeah, Pick cross. I don't know why it would be pie cross. There's there's nothing that relates to the pastry or the the imaginary number or whatever it is, the irrational number. I don't know a lot about numbers. <laughs> Do you know how to murder with them now? Oh yeah. Well, I know how to murder. Yeah, I guess with them was the right word. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. No, it, I don't have too huge feelings about pie cross, but it's it's wrong. <laughs> so um do the uh is it all mini games or is there like an investigation aspect i.e like is this uh the story super linear or is it sort of like how i understand uh phoenix right to be where you can just miss clues i guess i'm thinking more of la noir where you can just miss clues and sort of fuck up an investigation ah it's, can can that happen? It's definitely more linear than because like Phoenix Wright had the you know those kind of almost like tests in the courtroom where you could yeah. fail and you don't really have that as much here. Uh, it's not because Phoenix Wright there were a number of points where you could fail an investigation, mm. and just because you didn't ask the right questions, I don't remember if it would ever if it would allow you to get to courtroom without all the stuff you needed though I think and this game as well I don't think it will allow you to get to a point where you could fail without all the information you have there's no dead man walking uh, situations in here like you would have in in other adventure games or or visual novels you can definitely do that in L.A. Noir oh yeah you could just get back in your car and be like I've seen enough here and then go to interrogate and be like so would you do it oh you didn't oh shit (laughs) come on please (laughs) <laughs> Come on, man. Do me a, do me a solid here. Yeah, th- this definitely had the feel. I, there was never a moment where I I didn't have all the clues that I needed. Uh, that wasn't part of the story. If that makes sense. Yes. Uh, so I don't I don't think that'll ever happen. It's much more linear, and it's much more. Like it's for anyone who's played Phoenix Wright, the investigation is very much that. Enter a room look around the room for clues by just literally just moving around the the static image of a room finding areas that you can interact with <laughs> and then going to the people who are in that room and saying hey I found this clipboard what is it I found this glass of water what is it I found this murder weapon what is it and then getting the responses and going from there so you you said that this game was made for you and you alone. Mm-hmm. Did it meet your expectations? 100%. 
This oh, wow. is 100% what I was hoping it would be, which was a Phoenix Wright game that had nonograms just <laughs> kind of clumsily but not painfully shoehorned in there. Uh, it, there were actually more awesome. of them than I was expecting. It was... I've played a lot of games in the solitaire match three genre that claim to be story at, you know, some mystery that you solve by playing solitaire or doing match three or doing super collapse or something. And it, it's never really the case. It's usually like, here's a random match three game board that we just threw out for, for you. And if you solve it, we'll show you the next part of the story. Hmm. Like there's never any cohesion between the two. And Murder by Numbers probably did the best possible way you could do it, which was just you're drawing a picture of the thing you're trying to identify. <laughs> is it? Oh, yeah, that, that's a skull. Yep. Uh, yeah, there it is. It looked like a skull on the ground. I've identified it as a skull. That's some dude's skull. We should, <laughs> we should get it back to him. <laughs> a man died, Andrew. Take this seriously. It, it could have just been that his skull fell out. Also happens. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why, that's why they call us uh, sack faces. Yeah, <laughs> but that in that regard, it definitely did. It almost exceeded my expectations in that it was able to find a way to weave the two together. Because I was expecting, here is an adventure, here's a you know a mystery visual novel, and at some point you have to do a puzzle just to progress. And it is that, mm. but they found a way to at least make it make sense in the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds surprisingly fun, if like especially for maybe morning commute play. This is a Switch game, Switch and PC. You know what it's on? I uh, Switch and PC. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think yeah, it sounds like a really good Switch game. Oh yeah, I I really enjoyed it for Switch. Um, it's you know because it is story based, you kind of can't play it for five minutes. You you kind of want to give yourself a little bit of a session, but if you've got like a half hour commute, it's you could easily jump in, do a little bit of story. It's not a game that you have to get to a specific save point, and because it's on Switch, you can just you know lock the Switch and go about your day. Yeah, that's handy. Yeah, with, with that's one of the, I really like playing narrative heavy or you know adventure story games on Switch for that reason. You can just lock the con- the device and put it away and come back to it later. Yeah, right. Which I, I I'm guessing you can't just Alt F4 the game and it have it save your your place exactly on <laughs> PC. But I think wow. I think it's available on Steam. Yeah, that's where I watched the trailer, so it's definitely available. Oh, okay. Not, and unless they pulled it and then put it on the Epic Game Store since then, but you know, weirder things have happened these days. <laughs> yes, yes, they <laughs> have. Uh, it's fifteen bucks, fifteen bucks on Steam, which I would say is it's worth it. If 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 it sounds like something you would enjoy, like if you're hearing, oh, it's a new Phoenix Wright type game, and that sounds cool, and you don't hate the idea of those puzzles, it's definitely mm. worth fifteen bucks. Uh, how uh, long of an experience do you, would you say it is? Maybe ten. That's that's a pretty good amount of time for fifteen bucks. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not sure because again I don't remember which case I'm on. Is um, would there be any replayability for for you to go and have a second playthrough? Oh wow, no, they're they're actually they're actually saying nineteen. Wow, okay, so nineteen to twenty hours. Yeah. Uh, so I'm only about halfway through then apparently. Um, oh. I don't think there is replayability for these kind of games. I've waited for the day when I forget enough of the first Phoenix Wright game that I can play it again. It's <laughs> been a decade, and I haven't. <laughs> I really want to play through that game again with a clear head, and it's just never going to happen. Uh, damn shame. 
uh, yeah, and it's just it's so story based and so you know it's a mystery. So the, there's something in the reveal and the twists and the way it wraps itself up that if you go through it again, you know you're looking for the strings. Yeah. No, no new game plus then. No, no, unfor- you know unfortunately, I, I don't know what that would be in that game. Going through and solving scouts difficult puzzles and that's about it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how people can play through. You remember those uh, those nine 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 games that came out back in two thousand six, two thousand seven. Nine doors, oh. nine stories, nine lives. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and whatever that series of games, because those also have like twelve endings, and they're so long and so dialogue and text heavy. I can't imagine yeah. going through those multiple times. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd rather just play a board game at that point. <laughs> yeah, I, I went through 999 once, got a horrible ending. I was like, well, I guess I lost that game. <laughs> I lose. <laughs> game is better than me. Better bring this over to GameStop and call it a day. <laughs> All right. uh, shall we rank these bad boys? Yeah, yeah, let's let's do it. Unless you had any final thoughts. No, no, I, th- I, think, it's, I think it's pretty... I think what I've said is pretty much what I meant to say. All right, uh, and so now that we have separate lists, where's this fallen on your two games? Uh, this is falling at number one. This has knocked Elderborn down to the bottom place of two. Yeah. Ori also is going to knock down Bleeding Edge for obvious reading reasons. If you haven't watched, listened to our previous episode, episode 27, I uh, have some things to say about Bleeding Edge, so check that one out. Also, if you're curious about Elderborn... You'd be uh, in the minority, I think. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah, good game. I, I, was, I was kind of interested in it after we talked about it. Yeah. But that, that happens a lot on the show. That's yeah. one of the, the good things I get out of this experience. Final thoughts for episode 28? No, I, I think that's about it. Check out uh, social media, <laughs> Twitter, Facebook. Pretty much everything is Game Off Podcast at Game Off Podcast. Um, follow us for you know updates when we drop new episodes, teasers for the next episodes, uh, retweeting some of our personal thoughts on current affairs. Uh, it's mm. always fun. Mm-hmm. Also, we appreciate the support. Obviously, give us some love. You know, mm. we'd appreciate that. Just let us know you're out there, that we're touching yeah. hearts. Yeah, yeah, figuratively. Yeah, literally, we only touch penises. <laughs> no, I, that's I, our show. I, <laughs> You, you wait. You you don't. No, too late. No, so, no. I, Andy touches penises. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Oh, no.